Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist of the Lake Scenario Leader and Kentucky.com. On today's podcast, we're going to preview the Kentucky-South Carolina football game Saturday night. It's a 7 o'clock start down in Columbia. ESPN2 has the broadcast. Kentucky comes into the game 3-0 and overall, 1-0 and in the SEC. South Carolina is 2-1 and overall, 0-1 in the SEC after losing to Georgia last week, 40-13 to in Athens. To give us a scouting report on the South Carolina Gamecocks, I talked with Ben Portnoy, who covers South Carolina football for the state newspaper in Columbia, South Carolina. And to catch us up to date on Kentucky, I talk with my friend and colleague Josh Moore, UK football beat writer for the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. So let's not waste any time. Let's get right to it. First, we're going to talk with Ben Portnoy of the state and then Josh Moore of the Herald Leader in Lexington. Okay, my guest now on the podcast is Ben Portnoy of the State Newspaper in Columbia, South Carolina, who covers South Carolina athletics, including South Carolina football. How you doing today, Ben? John, appreciate you having me. Happy to do this and uh, appreciate you guys having me on. Well, appreciate you doing it. Uh, Kentucky, of course, plays at South Carolina on Saturday night. It's a 7 o'clock kickoff on ESPN2. Uh, Kentucky enters the game 3-0. and South Carolina is 2-1, on but that one loss was to number 2 Georgia. Uh, so uh, that I guess my first question is, it's the first home SEC game for Shane Beamer as the South Carolina coach. Uh, how did the fans feel about Shane Beamer so far? How is how is the honeymoon going with Shane Beamer? <laughs> I wouldn't say the honeymoon's quite over yet, but it's it's still there a little bit. But uh, no, fans have been really excited. I mean, I think that you know Shane's a really charismatic guy. He's a fun, loving kind of you know guy who brings a lot of energy and, and all of that. And you know, I think we've seen it with other coaches like a you know a Dabo Sweeney or someone like that. And you know, that's not to necessarily compare them as coaches on the field, but you know, personality wise. I think you get a lot of the same kind of things with Shane. I mean, he's pretty real. He's pretty, you know, transparent, realistic. And, you know, those things have all been really great. And I think the fans have really, you know, latched onto that. I think it's a little bit different from Must Champ, who, you know, I think by all accounts, and, you know, to be fair, it was maybe a little before my time, but, you know, was someone that folks saw as maybe a little grouchy and didn't handle things well and whatever else. And, you know, fair or not, you know, I, I think Shane's definitely a departure from that and, and maybe a little bit of a 180 from that. And I think that, you know, he's really brought an excitement to the fan base. And, you know, I think people generally speaking know that this is a little bit of a rebuild, but I think that, you know, Shane's brought an excitement that certainly wasn't there about, you know, six, eight, nine, ten 10 months ago. Right. And, and, and they were familiar with him, right? Cause he was on Steve Spurrier's uh, staff back before he went to join his dad at Virginia tech and went on to, Georgia and Oklahoma. So they, they knew a little bit about him beforehand. Yep, definitely. So Shane was on Spurrier staff for a couple of years, was his recruiting coordinator. Um, you know, the thing I always like to point out about that is, you know, South Carolina won 11 games from 20, what am I, 2011 to 2013. And, uh, you know, Shane Beamer was the recruiting coordinator from oh, not in 2009 and 2010. So a lot of the guys that he oversaw and helped recruit and all of that were the guys that South Carolina was winning a hell of a lot of football games with. So, uh, you know, Shane's been a part of some really good teams here. Uh, obviously was on Spurrier's staff and, and, you know, has kind of seen this thing in action when, when they've gotten the machine rolling. Um, now it's obviously been a few years since then, but, uh, I think that that's something that people have gotten excited about because he was a part of those, uh, I, I guess for lack of a better term, glory days. Yeah. So, so two and one going into this game, they, uh, whipped up on uh, Eastern Illinois in their first game, then came from behind to beat East Carolina at East Carolina before the Georgia game. How do you think they played so far? 
Yeah, it's been interesting. I mean, to be perfectly honest, I don't think they've played particularly well. Um, I mean, they they beat Eastern Illinois, which is fine. I mean, that's an East, you know, an FCS team that's hasn't won more than three games since 2017. So, you know, that's kind of to be expected. Uh, you know, kind of sleepwalked through the first half against East Carolina, and frankly, we're really lucky not to get beat. Uh, you know, credit to Shane Beamer and his staff for for pulling things together and pulling that one out in the last second field goal, but. I mean, South Carolina looked really, really bad for the first quarter of that game. And, uh, you know, against Georgia, it's it's kind of, you know, you take it with it, take it with a grain of salt, I guess. It's obviously, you know, one of the nation's elite. I mean, you know, for all intents and purposes, Georgia's playing a different sport than South Carolina is right now. So uh, <laughs> I think that, you know, it's a team that, you know, you learn some things. And, and frankly, South Carolina was able to do some things over the top. They were able to attack Georgia's cornerbacks a little bit. Uh, Josh Van, who's a Georgia kid, uh, former four-star recruit, who frankly hadn't really lived up to his billing till this year, uh, had a really nice game, had you know close to 130 yards and a touchdown. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was the first touchdown that Georgia's allowed this year. So, um, you know, there, there were some things that South Carolina did against Georgia that made you think, okay, maybe um, you know they got a chance to chance to be all right. But uh, I mean, the thing that we've heard a lot about the last week, two weeks, three weeks, is just the offensive line has just not been great. Uh, there's been missed calls, miscommunications, and you know, for a group that brought back you know, over a hundred appearances between the five of them. I mean, it just has not, you know, it just hasn't really clicked yet. Um, And it's been a little bit of a problem. Now, some of that you take with a grain of salt, but I I think that, you know, folks around here really see this game against Kentucky as as kind of a measuring stick because, you know, realistically you're recruiting similar type kids and similar level kids. And I think that, you know, it's uh, on paper, it's a little bit more even of a mashup than, you know, against Georgia. What about South Carolina? What about the quarterback situation? Uh, of course, a lot of uh, a lot of pub given to uh, Zeb Nolan, the graduate assistant, who kind of got pressed into action and started uh, because Luke Doty was hurt. But then uh, Nolan got hurt in the Georgia game. Doty came in after that. Uh, I think I saw is Doty going to be the starter on Saturday? Yeah, so Luke should be the starter on Saturday, barring anything unforeseen. But obviously, we've seen unforeseen things in South Carolina in the past. <laughs> you past have. Month. Uh, but, you know, other than that, uh, I think that you'll see Luke Doty. And, you know, looking into the numbers against Georgia, I mean, look, Luke got thrown into a really, really tough uh, situation against uh, against Georgia with Zeb Nolan coming out. I think that uh, the offensive, offensive coordinator, Marcus Satterfeld, said today that Luke had played like 8 to 11 real snaps in the last uh you know, month and that does, and those weren't even 11 on 11. So for him to go in and do what he did, I mean, look, he wasn't perfect and he misfired a decent bit, but you know, when you break down the numbers, I think Luke completed seven of his last 11 passes, you know, including that touchdown pass to Josh Van. So, you know, he really found a rhythm and, and the coaches talked a lot about that today, just ha- how to get him in a groove and get him in a rhythm and, and all that kind of goes into that. But I, I think that, you know, it's still a work in progress, but it's, you know, I, I think that South Carolina, you know, Luke Doty was the guy that they felt was going to be their starting quarterback going into the season. Right. He gets hurt. You throw Zeb Noland out there, which, you know, don't get me wrong, made for an amazing story and was super fun. But uh, I, I think that this is the way that South Carolina envisioned this season going. But, uh, you know, we'll see how that kind of shapes out on Saturday. The, the question I have is, I mean, Kentucky – beat South Carolina pretty easily at the end of last year. Of course, South Carolina was pretty much ravaged by COVID. They had made a coaching change, you know, before that. They had Mike Bobo as their interim coach. But uh, they ran for a lot of yards on Kentucky. Kevin Harris, I mean, he was very impressive. Uh, what, but haven't seen a whole lot of him this year for South Carolina. What, what's, what's the deal with him, and what about their running game? 
Yeah, the running game's interesting, and you know, Marcus Satterfeld talked a lot about that today, actually, interestingly enough, was, you know, the, the thought has been that with Kevin Harris, with Marshawn Lloyd, who's a former top 50 recruit, uh, Zaquandre White, who was a Florida State, you know, commit and player at one point, went to junior college and then ended up at South Carolina, uh, and then Juju McDowell, who's a kid out of Georgia that they signed that they really like, and has, has flashed in spurts and had a really big game against uh, East Carolina uh, in the second half and kind of carried them to that win. Uh, you know, South Carolina's legitimately got four running backs who can play and who can take, you know, 15, 20, 25 carries in a game. Now, you probably won't see that. Um, you know, Satterfield's talked about just kind of wanting to ride the hot hand and that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, on Saturday, Kevin Harris, if I'm not mistaken, was the leading, run, uh, got the most touches out of any of the other running backs. Uh, against georgia and you know that's kind of be to be expected i mean look the guy led the sec in rushing last year for a reason yeah he got 16 carries to the next closest was six and that was luke Doty. the other running backs only had five and five and juju mcdowell didn't get any touches for uh, a number of reasons but um you know, I think that Marcus Satterfield, like I said, Marcus Satterfield talked about today how he, he'd like to establish one guy and kind of roll with that. And the idea before that was to kind of ride the hot hand. But you clearly saw South Carolina trying to get Kevin Harris going. Uh, it just never quite materialized against Georgia, which, to be fair, when you look at that defensive front, is right. it, 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 it makes sense. Um, but I think that, you know, you'll see a couple of running backs. If you don't see two or three, it could be four. And I think there will be a number of guys that, that get some touches there. Okay, let's switch over to the South Carolina defense and talking to the Kentucky coaches when talking to Mark Stoops on Monday and Liam Cohen, offensive coordinator, on Tuesday. Uh, they they were uh, had a lot of praise for South Carolina's defensive front, especially their defensive line. Is that the strength of this defense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you got guys on guys on that defensive line. I mean, look, Will Muschamp had his ups and downs, but you know, if you look at what South Carolina has on this defensive line, it, it's legit. And I'd put it up there with any of the top three or four in the conference, and probably in the top, you know, fifteen twenty in the country. I mean, it's it's that good. Uh, you know, JJ Anigbare, Kingsley Anigbare, he's a uh, a guy who that folks see as as probably a mid round first round pick, mid, excuse me, mid of, middle of the round first round pick uh, this coming year. Jordan Birch and Zach Pickens are former five star guys. Aaron Sterling's been really really good on the other defensive end, uh, you know, and it goes from there. I mean, Jordan Strawn's a guy that they brought in from Georgia State, and he led the FBS in sacks last year. So I mean, th- this group goes deep, and it goes you know two, three, four guys deep. It's that kind of good. And um, it, it can cause some problems. I mean, look, South Carolina wasn't great against Georgia. They obviously let up 40, 40 points, but that defensive line got some push against a pretty good Georgia offensive line. And, and obviously Kentucky's got a good offensive line as well, a big physical group. But uh, this is a defensive line that South Carolina really feels like can match up with just about anyone in the country. And I think you'll see that. I mean, that's that's a group that I think can, can change the complexion of a game and, and quickly. What about uh, Shane Beamer, his father, Frank Beamer, legendary coach of Virginia Tech for years, was always known for having great special teams. And I know Shane has coached special teams in his over his career off and on uh, before he got to South Carolina, before he became head coach at South Carolina. And I've believed in they block a couple of punts in their first game. I mean, what, how, I mean how much emphasis uh, does he put on special teams for South Carolina and how good have they been in that area so far? Yeah, we've had uh we've heard a lot about special teams, that's for sure. Uh you know, Beamer ball and all of that. But uh 
No, I think it's been a big emphasis. I mean, look, Shane Beamer went out and hired a special teams coordinator and Pete Lembo, who's a guy who was a really successful head coach at Ball State for, for, for a lot of years and uh, has been in the game for a long time, has some Northeast ties on the recruiting side, but is a guy that has a lot of experience and has worked with a lot of really good specialists um, and, and has a really good track record around the country. So, um, you know, that's part of it. But yeah, like you mentioned, South Carolina blocked a couple of punts in the Eastern Illinois game. Uh, I touched on it before, but Juju McDowell, I mean, I mean, he had a you know 65-yard kick return that set up South Carolina's game tying kick uh, against each East Carolina. Uh, Josh Van returns kicks as well, returns uh, can return some punts and kicks as well. Jalen Brooks is a guy who can flat out fly, uh, and he'll return some punts and kicks as well. So, um, you know, this is a group that that the special teams unit is really good, and, and that's not to mention Parker White, who's only about uh, I think about 55 points give or take. Uh, from South Carolina's all-time scoring record. So uh, th- this is a group that's really well-rounded. I think that if you get into a position where you need to make a big kick, South Carolina feels about as comfortable as, as any team out there. And, you know, like I said before, I mean, they're a group that'll bring some pressure on this uh, up front. And, uh, you know, special teams is no uh, is no exception. Okay, Ben, uh, okay, tell me, what are, what are the keys for South Carolina? Kentucky, I think, is a five-and-a-half-point favorite last I looked Saturday night. What are the keys for South Carolina to get the, to get the victory over Kentucky? As you mentioned, I mean, these the, both these programs, they recruit a lot of the pl- same players, uh, kind of feel like they're in that same space in the uh, East Division as far as wanting to be the, the team that kind of moves ahead and gets to challenge Georgia and Florida at the top. How does South Carolina pull off the win on Saturday? Uh, yeah, it's going to start with the running game. I mean, look, South Carolina came into this season feeling really good about what it had at running back, and, and rightfully so. I mean, look, this is a group that goes about as deep as any in, in the conference as well, and, you know, on paper looks really good. So, you know, the fact that that's not – they haven't been able to establish the run is a problem. Uh, some of that comes from the offensive line. Some of that comes from missed blocks here and there, missed protections, whatever you want to call it. But uh, if South Carolina is going to win this game, it's going to have to get the running game going. I mean, look, Luke Doty is not a guy who can drop back I, at least – that we haven't seen who can drop back and go, you know, 30 of 35 for 300 yards and, and isn't the kind of thrower that maybe Will Levis is. And, you know, that's a whole other conversation, I guess. But, uh, you, you know, I think that South Carolina is at, at its best when the run game, you know, can smack you in the mouth a little bit, can force you to be on your toes, and then they can hit something over the top. And, you know, look, South Carolina hasn't been afraid to, to press things over the top. I mean, like I said, Josh Van's a guy who's really stretched defenses, and, and Jalen Brooks is another one who's a real speedster and made a hell of a catch down the sideline the other day, sort of Odell Beckham style uh, at the back end of the Georgia at the end of the Georgia game. So uh, this is a group that I think, though, you know, has to establish the run. Uh, if you're the defensive line, I think you'd want to have a good night out of the defensive line. That kind of sets things up on the back end for a group that's, you know, not super deep, but has frankly been better than I think we expected it to be. I mean, Clayton White's done a really good job with this defense through a couple of games. Uh, and I think that if the defensive line can create some pressure, that obviously takes some some pressure off of the back end and, and the secondary. So I, I would say that it runs through the offensively, it runs through the, the running backs. And, you know, on the flip side of that, defensively, it's going to have to come from the defensive line. Well, it should be it should be an interesting matchup. Uh, uh, like I say, like we said, a game. Between two teams there, you know, in the East, first home game, uh, first SEC home game for Shane Beamer, first road game for Kentucky. Uh, Ben, tell the listeners how they can follow you on Twitter and how they can uh, find your work leading up to and after the game on Saturday. 
Yeah, I can get us on uh, thestate.com, not too hard, and then uh, at bportnoy15 on Twitter, B-P-O-R-T-N-O-Y-1-5. So nothing too crazy. Well, be sure and check out all of Ben's work and follow him on Twitter and follow all the guys at the state. They do a great job covering South Carolina athletics. And Ben, really appreciate you being on the podcast. Yeah, John, thanks so much for having me. Really, uh, really appreciate you having me, and this was really fun. Thanks a lot. Thanks again. Okay, my thanks to Ben Portnoy of the State newspaper in South Carolina who covers the Gamecocks. Be sure and follow all his work on thestate.com. And after a brief break, we'll talk to Josh Moore of the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. Okay, my guest on the podcast is my colleague, friend, colleague, UK football beat writer extraordinaire Josh Moore with with the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. How's it going, Josh? I'm doing well, John. I'm, uh, you know... It's it's rainy here in, in Lexington this week. I don't. I, I think we're at the end of uh, what's you know seems like monsoon season. I guess yeah, I don't I know. know. It's a oh, that's not really. I guess it's not been so heavy as much as just been dreary. You know, fall is fall is upon us. Yeah, fall is upon us. Uh, Josh will be making the trip to Columbia. I will not be going, but Josh will be going. I'll be uh, back here uh, in Lexington uh, monitoring the game on TV and so forth. First road trip of the season for Kentucky, uh, 3-0 and going into this game. be a little different uh, than last year's road trips from the standpoint that uh, there will actually be uh, a lot of fans in the stands where last year no attendance uh, or very limited attendance. Uh, does that make any? Does that make anything different for this Kentucky team, or, or not? Oh, I think it makes a huge difference. I, I liked your you you had a column about that earlier this week that I thought you know people should read. It, it's because it's it's it is a, a a major deal, and and especially um, maybe even more so than it usually would be because you have now two classes worth of guys who have not really seen that. Um, you know, some of these players, some, you know, so, so, I mean, you know, at least at Kroger Field last year, what, it was capped at 12,000, roughly 20% or whatever. I think that was pretty standard across most of the league for most of last season. I think, you know, A&M kind of um, went off and did its own thing towards oh, yeah. the end of the year. Kind of um, because, <laughs> But Kentucky didn't have to go there, obviously. So, um, yeah, I think you, you – so you're going to see a lot of uh, – you know, this will be the, the loudest environment any of these guys has played in. Um for you know the, the last two classes the the 21 recruiting class and the 2020 recruiting class and there's several guys out there that uh you know it'll be new to them and um you know they've been on the road before uh something you know some of them at least but not it, it, it's going to be different and i think it uh um you know i think it's it's something that we just got to you know, be prepared for if you're a Kentucky fan that, that it, it would, when you, and maybe that's the biggest concern because I think some of the things that have held this team back a little bit early on are a lot of the things that when you're in an environment like this tend to kind of multiply you, you, some of the self inflicted errors and, and some of the things like that. So um, this certainly, you know, I, I think on paper, Kentucky looks like a team that should be, you know, I think a lot better than South Carolina, but. Um, the environment is certainly going to be a difference maker. One of those guys who has not played uh, on the road in the SEC, uh, whether it's in front of a full house or no fans, and that's Will Levis, the quarterback, the Penn State transfer. How do you think he played last week, and uh, what do you feel like his mindset is going into this game? I was well. I mean, going into that game, I was I was kind of wanting to see what we did see, which was a lot of you know some some more work with the intermediate game. 
um, you know, some of that stuff, you know, his decision making, I don't say his decision making wasn't bad. Um, but I think both of the interceptions were, you know, whereas in the first two weeks, the, the picks were the result of, you know, you could say decision making, but it really is more mechanical um, while those occur. You know, I think both, especially the first one, you can pin on his, you know, it was just, that was just a really bad throw. Or <laughs> not, not a bad throw, but a bad place to try to go with that throw. Oh, right. um, and, and you know, just a little overzealous with what you're trying to do there. And and I think that's something he's got to learn from. And, 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 and Liam Cohen, I think, you know, he, he's been very um, self-deprecating since that game. Um, and, you know, he talked yesterday, uh, Tuesday, after you know, the, the, the practice that – you know, he, he'd rather take the bullet than the players. But I think sometimes it is, you know, you, every coach is like that, I think, to some degree. But, um, but you know, I think Will Levis is also pretty takes, you know, takes a lot of – puts a lot of, on himself too, you know, at least from that's the sense I get from him. And I think that's something, um, you know, you'll see the fruits of that bear out. May Hopefully, you know, may hopefully as soon as this week when – you're going into a tough environment and you've got to be on your A game. Or, or and if you're not, because if you're not, you know, Kentucky's good enough to, to go into South Carolina and, and win this game. I think, you know, you know, I won't, I won't say, uh, convincingly, I guess, is a, a strong word. It kind of mean, maybe means some things to different people than it does maybe to me. But I think they certainly can play like a team that, that's capable of going in there and, and doing something, you know, not really having a hard time. But they're going to have a hard time. Again, if, if some of this stuff that they haven't been able to, to figure out, um, you know, shows up and, 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 you know, it only takes one early turnover or one, right. one early, uh, you know, mistake or one early penalty, something to kind of set you back and, and get you, you know, going in the wrong direction. And I don't, th- I don't know. That's one thing we haven't really seen yet from this team. And I think will be, you know, important for, for Will Levis, you know, going forward too is, um, especially that you know they've not really had to play from behind. Um, True. I mean, I mean, Louis, you know, Louisiana Monroe had the early lead, but I mean that that was you know that was Louisiana Monroe. It's not it wasn't a, right. a team that you know goes toe to toe with you talent wise, and and I think you know Kentucky's probably you know a little bit better than South Carolina across the board, you know, talent. But but there but but the, but the areas where South Carolina has an advantage too are kind of spots where. Um, you know, UK maybe might have some some some, some trouble uh, dealing with those dudes, and we can get into that in a minute. But. Yeah, but before we get into that, let's talk about turnovers. And you mentioned, yeah, especially an early turnover can really set the tone for a game. Kentucky is currently last in the country in turnover margin. They're tied for 128th with Florida State and uh, Neil Brown's West Virginia team at uh, minus two, minus six in turnover margin, minus two per game. Uh, Mark. Talk, you know, Kentucky. That was a, that was something that Kentucky ranked uh, at near the top of the country. And last year, I think they finished twelfth in turnover margin. Uh, and I think we're at top of the SEC. Is that something you think that's going to even out as the year goes on? It's just you know some unlucky bounces here and there so far. Or is that something that uh, if you're a Kentucky fan, you're really concerned about at this point? Um. Yeah. I mean, I I, I think I've repeated. I've said before. You know. I think turnovers to some degree are random, yeah. um, but it is concerning when you're at the bottom. You'd rather be at least in the middle uh, if you're, you know. And, and like you said, they were, you know, some of the 
best at creating turnovers and, and all, but, but again, you know, you look at like so much of that figure from last year was really the result of one game. Um, you know, that they had six interceptions against Mississippi state in, right. in week three. I mean, that really, um, you know, juiced their numbers a little bit. Um, and, and, and that can happen and that can happen. There's nothing, you know, they could go down to South Carolina and Luke Doty, you know, could throw four interceptions this week. And all of a sudden you're, you're, you know, plus two or minus two, whatever, however the math works out. Um, you're, you're, you you flip that whole thing around in one game uh, and then everybody's talking about how great you are. Right. Um, so I think there, you know, it is worth keeping that in mind, but you, you know, they do need, I mean, they, they've certainly, you know, creating turnovers is what it is, but some of the stuff that the ways they've lost the ball this year have been very much, I think, self-inflicted in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, you know, I think all four really, maybe three, I, I will say three of the four interceptions that Levis has thrown all could have been avoided. You know, if, 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 if Ollie and, 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 uh, Cummings make those catches or, or he, he times them out better. And if, if, uh, you know, he doesn't throw that pass to Wondell there. I think that the fourth one, the guy just made a really – I think some of that was <laughs> the defender made a pretty good play, got a good jump. But um, so you lose – you know, you take those away. The fumbles, I mean, fumbles, you could say – I think the first Rodriguez fumble against um, Missouri was was a good play by that defender. I mean, he, he still should have gotten in the end zone and been more secure with it. But that was a pretty good play by that defender. Yes, but some of the, that right – pretty. Yeah, I mean, it was a great, great, perfect. You couldn't have placed it any better if you were that guy. Right. Um, but every other ball they've dropped this year is very avoidable. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, you, you, so you look at that and get all that cleaned up, even just the fumbles. I mean, you, you maybe you live with the interceptions to a degree just because of the nature of what you're trying to do. But um, especially the fumbles, I think, are something that, this, that just does not do, need to be happening. You've got a lot of guys back there. You, know, you two, two guys, you know, Rodriguez and Smoke, um, who have run a lot of, you know, they've played a lot of snaps for you, and, and you, you know what they can do. And, and they, um, you know, it seems like they both, though, every year sort of have this happen where you they drop some balls, um, you know, the first few games of the season. Then you go the rest of the year and don't really have to deal with it. But, but you think, like, you know, once you – you would think once you get that cleaned up once, you wouldn't ever have to deal with it again. But I don't know. It's <laughs> just something right. about the the layoff or how you're you're handling things. And I know that they're running different types of uh, routes this year too. I mean, they're they're kind of right. being asked to do some different stuff. But I don't know. I think ball security um, at this point should not have you know it shouldn't have been an issue at all. And now you know we're still you know talking about it as a as a thing that might uh, you know continuing to be a problem with this team. And a couple of those fumbles were uh, uh, strip sacks where the quarterback lost mm-hmm. the ball, Bo Allen in the first game, and then uh, Will Levis on Saturday, which was actually a fourth down situation <clears throat> where, you know, if he just gets sacks and he doesn't fumble, they give up the ball anyway on downs, but uh, because he fumbled, it counts as a turnover. Uh, so, you know, that fit kind of figures into the equation, you know, as well. Right. Uh, and you're right about the interceptions, where they have 16 interceptions last year, six at Mississippi State, and then – they had a bunch against Tennessee when they won down at Tennessee. Uh, so a lot of those interceptions were, you know, concentrated in those two games. Uh, okay, back to what you were mentioning just a minute ago about S- South Carolina's strength, where Kentucky's going to be tested by South Carolina's strength. What 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 do you consider South Carolina's strength, and where is Kentucky going to be tested? 
think they're really, I mean, they're kind of their strength is up front, uh, especially their D line, but it's, you know, across the, the front seven. Now, I know they had, uh, you know, one of their best linebackers go down. So, I mean, it, it's awful for that kid, but, right. you know, it's an, you, you would think beneficial to Kentucky to not have to deal with somebody like that either. Um, and, 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 but also you kind of, you know, maybe you look at that as a, you don't know what you're going to get from that spot either. So that, in some ways there's a mystery there too. Um, so you can kind of look at that however you want to, depending on how optimistic you are. But, um, you know, I just, it's just, and it seems like their D line has played well. And I don't know that, you know, you know, the, the offensive line for Kentucky obviously is one of the, the strengths, um, you know, one of the, 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 you know, really should be the strength for this team. Um, if you're if you're kind of buckling down and had to pick one group, but um, and I think they've played well, and I think especially they've played well um, the last two weeks. I've been pretty impressed with their pass protection um, and how they've looked. They've looked a lot better in that than I maybe even would have thought they would have um, coming into the year. The you know issues has been I don't know if they've necessarily looked been bad in run blocking, but they've just kind of they've not. Uh, um, you know, especially last week, you know, I don't know how much of that was just by what they were trying to do, um, you know, kind of made it, you know, they just weren't getting the room there or if, how much of it was, the, you know, <laughs> I mean, Chattanooga kind of lived in the box. <laughs> so right. it kind of made it, you know, you can, it's hard to really look good when anyone's doing that sometimes. But Kentucky's, you know, Kentucky's had success in those types of games, too, though, in the past. Um, and again, now we're looking at a different offense and, you know, and, and all that, but, um, so it, it's, you know, I, th- I would be concerned about what that'll look like on Saturday. Cause again, you know, you're, you're on the road for the first time. It's a, there, everybody's, you know, they've heard loud, like these guys have heard a loud crowd, but it's been cheering for them, not to right. against them. And, um, and I, I just think it's going to be, you know, Really, that's going to be the biggest difference maker here is how how they you know how much push they can get and how much they can kind of push out the noise. Um, I think you know also um, you know Kentucky's fortunate that, that South Carolina's quarterback situation you know I don't know I don't what's a good word to describe it I don't um, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of up in the air right now yeah I mean. Yeah, scrambled it. I mean, because it, um, you know, they've seen Doty. They saw him last year. Right. Um, and he didn't look good. I mean, you know, I, I mean, just to be frank, I don't think he played. He didn't play well at all last year at Kentucky. Um, but you know, again, he'll he'll have a week to prep because he kind of just got thrown out there last week. Um, and 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 you know, <laughs> you know, you have a week to prepare. It's a home game. It's a big SEC game. He'll be jazzed and. And he's got a guy, that Josh Van, their receiver, I think he could be a real problem um, this week because, I mean, he's a that's, he's a big kid. Um, has, you know, when you look at how Kentucky's fared, um, you know, the, the, the secondary's fared this, this week or this week, this year, um, against uh, some of these, these you know, I, I – I don't know that any team they've played has, has had a, like a real great receiver. Right. Um, and, and I don't know, you know, I've not watched enough of, of Josh Van to know if he's great, but I think he's pretty good. <laughs> he's a really good, you know, pretty good player. And especially, um, I think has a lot of tools that, that 
could give Kentucky fits. I mean, he was making Georgia secondary at times look kind of, um, you know, kind of holy. And, and, and so that's something you've, you've got to worry about, I think, if you're Kentucky. Um, yeah, Van how they Yeah, Van had, he's had over 100, 100 yards receiving in each of his last two games. Anybody who catches 120, he caught three balls for 128 yards against Georgia and went for a touchdown. He had a 61-yard catch. Anybody who can do that to Georgia's defense, the way Georgia's defense has looked through these first three games, you you know, you better be aware of him when it comes your time to play him. So he'll definitely be a test for a Kentucky secondary that's pretty thin right now. Yeah, and that's the thing. I, I think, you know, on one hand, you look at it and, and maybe he's like the only guy you necessarily, you know, I don't want to say the only guy you have to worry about, but he's, you know, you, you at least know that um, you have to cover him. But, right. but you know, we've seen the last two weeks, these teams, um, you know, especially Missouri, you, you kind of knew who you had to guard there and the guy had, you know, 100-some rushing yards. So it, it, was, it was not like a um, – and and when that you know and, and you know caught a lot of balls out of the backfield and got under on the under routes and stuff. Um, I don't know. I, I'm really interested to see how South Carolina comes in, what their plan is to try to attack Kentucky. I don't know that they're, um, you know, they're, I don't think their run game has been what they want it to be necessarily, um, and that certainly um, has been an area the last couple of weeks that UK struggled in, in trying to defend. And maybe that's, you know, maybe that's to, to Kentucky's advantage. I think we'll learn a lot about that. And, um, you know, if South Carolina looks good running the ball. Maybe we, uh, you know, you know, have a team here that just can't really guard the run real well. I mean, I think that might be what we're kind of the, the direction we're headed in. Um, but who knows? I mean, it's, 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 I think a lot of it really is just going to boil down to being on the road. Um, and, and how Kentucky responds to that. I do think they're more talented. I think they've kind of got – I think they have a better um, – you know, there's a more firm idea of what they're trying to do there. Uh-huh. Um, and, and that, you know, if they can piece it all together. I think it's been interesting. Um, you know, the first week you're kind of debuting the offense and everything and, and, and getting, you know, showing off the deep balls and all that fun stuff. The second week you're kind of pounding it down Missouri's throat trying to – uh, remind people that Kentucky can run the ball. The third week, you don't <laughs> run the ball at all, and you're working on the short game. So, really, it's, this game kind of, you know, in theory, should be the game where everything you kind of piece it all together and put the puzzle, um, all the puzzle pieces where they need to be, and and then you you know come out and you know show what Kentucky is now. Um, but we'll see. I mean, <laughs> that, that, you can say that that's what should happen. Um, but that requires a lot of college kids uh, actually making that uh, the case. So, uh, Yeah, you asked Liam Cohen about that. We're recording this on Wednesday. You asked Liam about that Tuesday, and he said, yeah, you want to just, you got to want to put it all together. And, uh, you know, Liam's taken some flack for the way he approached the Chattanooga game. He gave himself some flack for the way he approached the Chattanooga game, that they wanted to work on some things. They wanted to use kind of a little load management with Chris Rodriguez because he carried 27 times against uh, – Missouri, uh, you know, I really don't blame him all that much for that. I know, it, you know, they may have sent the wrong message to the team that you take this team lightly, but Chattanooga was an FCS team. And I think he felt like, 
hey, down the road for us to be successful in the SEC, we're going to need to be able to throw those short and intermediate routes and, you know, uh, be uh, be able to execute those things. So this is a game where we can work on those things, and we need to give uh, Cavaccio Smoke some more carries. Uh, this is a game where we could do that. So, uh, you know, and they were able to survive and win. So maybe the things that they did in the Chattanooga game will help them. Uh, starting with South Carolina uh, on Saturday. I was going to ask you, Josh, for the keys, but you've kind of given the keys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, for sure. I think, and I think you're right. I, I, I don't, you know, it's not, uh, yeah, like normal to hear a coach talk about like the game plan, the way that Cohen <laughs> did last week after the game. But I liked it. It was refreshing right. because it, I agree. You know, it, it was an like a kind of an admission, like like not that you know. And it, I think he may have even used the word "took them lightly" or you kind of. But but I don't even know if that's what he meant so much as like you know. I think more what he's trying to get across is like we felt like this was a chance to to you know kind of work on ourselves kind of thing, and and you know not that they couldn't weren't a challenge and you know in a way, but but that they you know there was room there to do some of that stuff, and I, and then. And if you look at it that way, they did succeed. I mean, they, they did get that part of the game going. I think I think going away from the run as much as they did, though, is really what led to that game um, kind of spiraling into what it became, <laughs> you know, uh, because, um, you know, at the core of this offense, you've, you've talked about a lot that you know, it is, you know, the run sets everything up, you know, all the play action, all the um, all the all the you know, mechanics of it. And, and I think if, you know, if they'd maybe – you know, come out that first drive and, um, you know, just handed it off to smoke a lot and, 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 or even all the, you know, some of the sweep stuff they did. I mean, they scored that first play, they scored that the sweep. Um, you're not obviously not going to run that every, you know, series or anything, but that works, you know, as, you know, to perfection. Um, I think if they'd gotten a, just a little more creative of what they were doing in the run game and, uh, you know, and mix that in more with what they were doing, um, you know, trying to work on that short intermediate stuff that it would have, you know, it, the score would have looked more like what we anticipated it looking like. Yeah. And I think though you live with a 28, 23 result. If you won, you won. So that's better than, I mean, you brought up Florida state earlier and they're down there with them in the turnover margin. Well, Kentucky's three and oh, and Florida state's zero and three. So it does, you can at least say that. Um, right. And so, West Virginia, who's right down there with them, they pulled off a big upset, huge win last week, beating Virginia Tech, a team that was ranked 15th. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the turnover margin is very important, but it doesn't always, you know, it doesn't always determine who's, you know, who wins and who loses. Um, so anyway, uh, anything else about the game on Saturday that we need to point out, Josh? Uh, no, I think, I mean, I, I am, I'm excited um, and you know, I guess somewhat concerned to see what the crowd is like. I mean, I don't know. The, the, the you know, I mean, COVID is obviously a very serious thing, and people should be, you know, if you're not vaccinated, go get your shot. Um, and and all you know, all that stuff. But you know, I'm vaccinated, and I'm not too worried about going down there and, and being um, <laughs> at Williams Bryce Stadium full of what, eighty thousand, ninety thousand people, whatever it is. <laughs> I don't remember what their attendance yeah, uh, capacity is, like but that, yeah. And, uh, you know, it'll be cool to, you know, kind of see that in person, you know, uh, I mean, I was down there in 2019, um, <laughs> that game was awful yeah. and, uh, 
Uh, you know, the, when you know, when when I guess when the, the seeds were planted for Lynn Bowden to take over the the season um, at the end of that game, but that was literally the only exciting thing to to take away from that one. If you're a Kentucky fan, because <laughs> um, not much else to write home about. But um, it'll be fun to see. Um, you know, and and get down to Carolinas. I don't know what the weather's supposed to be like. I assume there'll be some Kentucky fans making the trip, though. I hope they have fun and stay safe and and all that stuff. It'll you know it'll be good. It, it'll be refreshing. You know, because I, I I only traveled once last year, and that was to Tennessee, so that's not much of a road trip. And uh, you know, and, and again, you know, the capacity and stuff with everything. So I'm excited too. I mean, I'm sure obviously the players are going to have quite an experience this week. A lot of them for the first time. And, It'd be kind of neat for me too to get down there and you know be in the the thick of a uh, SEC country. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, and South Carolina's been an important game for Mark Stoops on the road games. He got his, you know, they broke a twenty-two game losing streak. Uh, UK, not all of those were Stoops, obviously, but uh, back in two thousand fifteen when they went down there, then they turned around and won in two thousand seventeen, which was a big win for him on the way to another bowl season. And then 19, as you mentioned, they lost, but you could almost say that that game turned the season around because, as you mentioned, they put Lynn Bowden in at quarterback in the fourth quarter because Terry Wilson had been injured against Eastern Michigan, was gone for the year. Sawyer Smith had gotten beaten up at Mississippi State and was uh, same at South Carolina, was pretty ineffective. So they went with Lynn there late in the fourth quarter, and you know he got some things going, and which I think spurred the idea for Eddie Grant that hey, we could maybe we could make this thing work with Lynn Bowden. And if they hadn't done that at the end of the South Carolina game, they may not have uh, gone with Lynn at quarterback and uh, ended up going to a bowl and winning a bowl that year. So this has always been kind of a key game for Kentucky uh, in September, kind of a key game. I think you could make the argument that Will Muschamp doesn't have his job at South Carolina anymore because he couldn't beat Kentucky. He couldn't master yeah. Kentucky. So, uh, uh, oh, yeah, be, no, I think it's, you're it's, right. it's a key game again uh, this year. If Kentucky wins, they'll be 4-0 going into Florida. If they lose, they'll be 3-1, 1-1 in the league, and it kind of puts a little different spin going into, as you mentioned, you know, they got a tough stretch coming up with uh, after this game with Florida, LSU, and Georgia. Um, so, uh, uh it, I'll, there's, I'll, you know, we we like to say, we said the Missouri game was the most important game of the year, but there's a lot of riding on this game as well. Oh yeah, because of how it's set up now, this game is pretty. Could be the difference between you going into the bye week uh, above five hundred or below five hundred. That's true. That's um, a good point. Absolutely. Be, because Florida, you know, has looked pretty good, and and you got them at home, and and and, they, and Kentucky certainly play. I mean, I I don't think you know. I mean, there were definitely years, many years, where you would just ride off Florida. I don't know if you can do that. I mean, you, no. I would probably. You know, pick them to to win next week, but you can't write that off like yeah. you could in the past. Um, but you know, and LSU's not looked as as you know formidable as as they maybe had the last couple of years. But um, Georgia, you're certainly. I mean, that's a loss. Like there ain't. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sorry. Sorry, Mark Stoops. It's going to be it's going to be a very difficult game. Let's put it that way. Georgia's really good. They're really good on defense. They're really oh man, yeah. they! I was watching them some of their highlights from South Carolina and just. I mean, I think they're the best team in the country right now. I really do. I, I just their their defense is incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's just right. it's 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 pretty pretty wild to watch it. But yeah. but yeah, as far as this game and. Kentucky, I mean, I, I mean, again, you know, I've said it a lot. I think it really boils down to how these guys show up in the, in the, in the big environment, and and if they come back, I mean, 
going back to the when they lost there in 2019 uh, at, in Columbia, you know, they were coming off a road game too, a, a road loss. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's valuable that they've, you know, had three games at home to start this thing and 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 at least, you know, they're they're they had the comforts of home for so long and and gotten through a lot of this um you know, mostly unscathed as far as the injury too. I mean, Jordan Rod will be back. Um um yeah, you know, and, and all that stuff. I mean, so so I think that's something that that's very you know it's rare it's been rare for kentucky to get this you know i say deep it's only three games but the last few years they've had some pretty critical injuries really early and and so you know so far so good you know knock on wood right uh okay well we better wrap this up uh well josh will be there like i said saturday night in columbia uh be sure he'll be tweeting throughout the game so follow him on twitter at josh Moore hl Follow all his coverage leading up to the game. Josh, well, I assume you'll have your predictions a little later in the week. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, last and, and we didn't really, there was really not much reason to bring it up. But if you're one of these people that gets really excited about the future, the uh, <laughs> SEC announced the 2022 schedules uh, right. yesterday for the entire conference. So we got some stuff up about that. And yeah. So, yeah, yeah. predictions and yeah. and all that good stuff. Yeah, so be sure and check that out. Like I said, follow Josh on Twitter, Josh Moore HL. Be sure and read him uh, both in the print edition of the Herald Leader and online at Kentucky.com. And Josh, have a safe trip to Columbia. And as always, thanks for being on the podcast. Appreciate it, John. I know you you won't be down there this year, but if you want, I can uh, call you up, you know, right before the game starts and let you hear the rooster crow. <laughs> That's okay. I appreciate the thought. <laughs> But I've heard it enough. Thank you. Same with Sandstorm. So I don't need to hear either one of those, uh, either one of those again. But I appreciate the thought and you thinking of me. But anyway, well, have a good trip, Josh. Thanks. Thanks. Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast. My thanks, as always, to Ben Portnoy of the State Newspaper in Columbia, South Carolina, and Josh Moore of the Herald Leader in Lexington. I can't let you go, though, of course, without reminding you, you can get a sports pass, sports-only digital subscription to Kentucky.com, $30 for the first year. You get all of our U.K. football, U.K. basketball, U.K. recruiting. You get our columns. You get our high school coverage, $30 for the first year. Follow me on Twitter at John Clay IV. Go to the top of my feed the pin tweet tells you all about the sports pass subscription click on that it'll take you right where you need to go to get all the information or go to kentucky.com hit on the subscription tab and check out all the offers for subscriptions to both the print edition of the Lexington Herald Leader and digitally to Kentucky.com. Thanks to everybody who supports our work at Kentucky.com and the Herald Leader. Thanks to everybody who listens to the podcast. You can follow, find the podcast on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Tuned In, Google Podcasts, and iHeart Radio Podcasts. Leave us a rating and review. We would really appreciate it if you would do that as well. And we appreciate everybody who listens to the podcast. We have plenty of coverage Saturday night. Like I said, it's a 7 o'clock start down in Columbia, Kentucky, and South Carolina. ESPN2 has the broadcast. Check Kentucky.com. Check my blog, my sidelines blog. I'll have live updates uh, throughout the game, a scoring summary, tweets, uh, stats, all right there on my live updates on the sidelines blog. Check out Josh Moore, Josh Moore HL. have plenty of tweets as well. Like I said, you can follow me on Twitter at John Clay IV. Once again, thanks to Ben Portnoy, thanks to Josh Moore, and thanks to everybody for listening. We'll catch you next time on the John Clay Podcast.